Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. B-Pod Studios. To me, the whole thing with the finger under between the legs, antiquated, archaic, and weird. I mean, the whole thing is freaking silly. It's Felger and Maz. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. There are three receivers right to the left. Final play of the game, barring penalty. Patriots lead by three. Snap back to Wilson. Dropping back. Wilson looks downfield. There's nobody rushing. Two Patriots come defenders are close to the line. Him, gotta put pressure Wilson on is calling for players to come to him. He stands in there. He loads up. He throws a high ball deep down the right side of the field. The ball is going to be knocked down by Kyle Duggar, and the Patriots will win it here in Denver. 26-23. All right, good afternoon, everybody. It's Felger and Maz, it's Leroy Irvin, Sarone Battle filling in. And of course, Greg Bedard is here. Um, now, typically when Felger and Maz is here, now they call that the the big boy. What what is what's the whole what's the deal? The big boy chair? Is that that's what it is? I'm, I've shrunk right now. I need, a, I need a new chair at the commercial break, but go ahead. Okay, well, I guess that's the big boy break. But anyways, uh, Sarone, how are you? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. Christmas uh, yesterday? Christmas was yesterday. It was pretty uh-huh. cool. You know, we kind of took it old school. Okay. Uh, gaming. Yeah. Bingo with the kids. A little something different. B- they played? Yes, they did. Well, we had candy on the line. Did you take the phones away? Yeah, they were good. They were, they didn't. We didn't have to. You didn't have Wow. We didn't have to. That's they a were, blessing. You had all the candy sitting there. It was, you know, there was something on the, on the line. So, you know, it was pretty cool. All right. Um. My Christmas was, it was pretty good. It was, it was better. I ain't gonna lie. I'm one of those people who, uh, I'm very happy about Christmas Eve <laughs> and what happened with the New England Patriots. I know there are a lot of people out there who are not happy about that. We're gonna get into that. Uh, but Christmas Day was really, really special to the point where I definitely have a story to tell later on in the show. Oh okay. my goodness! Was it was your chin shaking? Was it one of those moments? It was one of those. Okay, All I was right. getting very we'll very emotional. We'll we'll I woke up today still smiling and just in a really really good mood. My only question is, and I will ask the people later, and I'll ask you, Sarone, later on, is what I'm feeling and my expectations about what happened on Christmas Day. Is it sustainable? Mm-hmm. That's going to be my main uh, question. But okay. again. I'll tell you that later on. Trust me. <laughs> You're going to want to hear this one. It was it was unbelievable. Anyways, again, 
Felger and Maz, Leroy Irvin, Sarone Battle filling in today. Y'all know the math. You know the number. 617-779-0985. Greg Bedard is in the building, sitting right here in between us. You know what? I'm so happy to meet you for the first time. Been talking to yep. you every night, post-game Patriots, and this is the first time I've been able to see you face-to-face, so it's a pleasure. I know. Exciting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, listen, I'm... I, I just want to say thank you for uh, tweeting out that you were going to be on the show with us today. <laughs> because not only that, that was just polite. I appreciate it. But they got people talking already. Already? Already. Jeez. I saw some stuff. Oh, the Patriots ruined my Christmas, this, that, and the third. I'm going to ask you this, and obviously we're going to talk a lot about the game and everything like that. I'm one of those people, I already said it, that I'm very, very happy that the Patriots won. I'm good. I could care less. Couldn't. I couldn't care less. What's your response to people who say that the Patriots' position for the high draft pick is way more important than an actual win? I mean, it's a good question. I mean, I it, look, it's a, to me, it's a fan question, and, you know, God bless them, and I sort of forget the days when I was a fan, uh, but I understand the sentiment. To me, it doesn't really compute. I mean, to me, you know, I evaluate a football team. I I was interested to see in seeing what kind of buy-in the Patriots had, you know, going into this game. Long, long trip, Christmas Eve, um, definite possibility for some of the guys to start checking out, and we didn't see that. It doesn't really surprise me. I mean, I don't. It's just a foreign concept to me with a Bill Belichick coach Patriots team that they would do something like that. You see a lot of checkout on teams that, you know, they think the coach is gone at the end of the year or. Uh, you know, they've had issues with them all season, that sort of thing. And so I didn't think that was on the table for this team. I mean, I just think that, um, you know, I, I think that for the Patriots or just as as a football team, you do not mess with the football gods. Mm-hmm. Like I just, just something <laughs> I don't entertain. I mean, yeah, you could tank down the stretch or something like that. You know, they'll, they'll find a way to screw you. It's the same thing in basketball. Didn't the Celtics, you know, tank down the stretch, uh, you know, Several one times. year and they <laughs> and they ended up with like the fifth pick in the draft. Or they lost the, the Tim Duncan, you know, ping pong balls, mm-hmm, sure uh, that sort of thing. I just think in football, you don't want to mess with the football gods. And I think that, you know, you just try to play the game straight up. And I think, look, I just don't think the Broncos are a very good football team. I think that the Patriots and the Broncos are somewhat even and to me that game I thought Bill Belichick outcoached Sean Payton now I don't think that was some giant hurdle Payton's in his first year installing his program he's 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 been uh saddled with Russell Wilson who is just he's he's washed up Mm. at this point um he's he's terrible he has nothing left in his legs he you know the whiff of pressure he's He's looking to do something else. Losing Cortland Sutton early in the game really affected them. And I'm sure Patriots fans are just like, you know, look how many guys we lost. And that's totally legit. But to lose, you know, one of the best wide receivers in the game in the first quarter as opposed to going in and game planning around, Mm -hmm. you know, who you might not have is completely different. And nobody's going to make excuses for the Broncos. Um you know, but I, I just thought that the I thought that the Patriots played you know really well overall. I don't think the Broncos are very good, and um, I thought Bill Belichick, especially in that last minute of the game, mm-hmm. Sean Payton deciding to use his timeouts. I did not understand that. I think Bill Belichick sort of played that like the end of the Seattle Super Bowl game, where he was going to see what Payton he you know he basically ran the ball on first down to see what Payton was going to do, 
and how aggressive. And once he saw Peyton starting to take timeouts, then it was sort of, you know, game on for the Patriots that, you know, I think Belichick was like, all right, we have him here. And, you know, third down, Zappy makes a nice back shoulder throw and, and, uh, you know, they're able to get the game winning field goal. So I thought the, I thought the Patriots did a really nice job overall. Um, certainly on offense and defense to get a win out there in Denver. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with the whole, you shouldn't be out there losing. You shouldn't be out there trying to lose. Now they put on a tank clinic in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I'm like, look, look at this. This is some top shelf tanking going on here in the fourth quarter. Let to let Denver get back in that game. But Russell Wilson showed flashes of old Russell Wilson for a stretch. And that's how they got back. You know, they got downfield so fast, but I, I agree with, Win as many games as possible. None of these guys are guaranteed to be on here next year. So what does that pick mean to them? Same with the coaching staff. These guys aren't guaranteed either. So what that pick means nothing to them. You know, going from three to five or whatever it is now, they could actually care less. These guys are trying to – some are auditioning for other jobs. Some coaches are auditioning, players. You know, guys were showing a little extra emotion out there, and they, they did catch the Broncos slipping. I mean, now that being said – you know, you see a lot of stuff on social media like the Patriots went out there and just lit it up. They had all oh, what a what a, what a great game. It was typical. That was a typical Mac Jones early season game. The only difference was it wasn't the Dolphins or the Cowboys or the Eagles. It was the Denver Broncos. Bailey Zappi in the first three seconds of the game fumbles inside the five. The difference was the Broncos are so bad they couldn't score from inside the five. And, you know, it, that, that was the game. And then you get Denver again having a bad second quarter. And then you fumble inside. They fumble inside the five. Today, a luck, the ball rolls in, picks it up, touchdown, Patriots score. They, you know, that's two trips. That's two plays inside the five both ways that could have changed the game drastically. But the Patriots played good enough to win that game. They played good enough to beat Denver, a, Denver, a bad Denver team, like you said. And I don't think it was anything different from this team than we've seen in the past. Defense looked great, of course. I mean, looked good in stretches. But again, it's a bad offense. This is something we've seen from this team for the last two years. They look good against teams they should look good against. And then when they play real quarterbacks or real offenses, we're like, Dak, how come we can't get Mahomes off the field even though his guys can't catch running the wrong routes and they can't block? You know, how come we can't get the Eagles off the field? How come, you know, when we when we get close against the Dolphins, it's a one-possession game. How do we, how do we let Jalen Waddle just run free for 30 yards when no one sees him? How do you let uh, second game and first game against the Dolphins you know, you let running back takes off 50 yards untouched in the fourth quarter once you cut the game. That's the difference between these teams. And I just think the Patriots did enough to win. You know, I feel happy for them that they did get the win. I don't think the pick – look, yes, some guys want certain college quarterbacks, whatever it is, but majority of people who are screaming and crying about these picks have never watched any of these guys <laughs> play quarterback. Mm-hmm. So you just – it's in your mind. We need the third pick. It's like, yeah, but Mahomes was the tenth pick. You could end up with Mr. Trubisky or Deshaun Watson and who ends up leaving and Trubisky's gone. You can end up with Trey Lance. You can end up with Zach Wilson. You can end up with Mac Jones. You just don't know where it's going to fall, so I don't think it matters. So I'd rather see a team win, win as many games as possible, and try and carry any type of momentum into the offseason as far as wins and losses. It sounds like, Saron, you're not really impressed with the defense because of who they were going up against? No. Really? Not at all. Uh, Greg, have you been able to look back at the game and whatnot? Was the defense truly impressive in your opinion? So just to state off the top, where I get my coach's film has not been available yet. So I haven't watched the coach's Mm -hmm. film. I had to make do with the TV copy, which is horrible. (laughs) Um, So I'm not going to be as definitive on my takes. Certainly uh, 
tomorrow on BSJ and also with my podcast with Nick Tattles uh, tomorrow, I'll be I'll have a little bit more of a fuller um, look at the game. But uh, you know, I thought I thought the defense was I thought the defense was good. I think that um, I thought they did some nice edge work against some pretty good tackles uh, on the Broncos. I thought that stood out. I thought guys like you know Jonathan Jones and and Miles Bryant, um, you know, were competitive. Um, on some big plays in the game, uh, but I, you know, I, I don't think that the Patriots' defense was all that dominating. I do, you know, I do agree with Cerrone that, you know, the Patriots' defense—it's typical what we've seen for multiple years. I mean, you know, against mediocre teams and mediocre defenses, they can get it done against better offenses and better quarterbacks. They they get beat at some point, and um, you know that that they allowed the Broncos to go up and down the field in the fourth quarter was, um, you know, somewhat disturbing, but you know, it's altitude. It's, you know, you're not going to hold a team down forever. It's that sort of thing. But, you know, I thought, I thought they played, you know, well enough. It is a, it's a challenged offense for the Broncos, especially with Russell Wilson, Christian Barmore, three sacks, eight. Ta- oh, I <laughs> no, no, no. I, mean, no, no. I was like, Oh, shrugging my shoulders. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's him. That's yeah. Yeah. ever since like week three or four. That's week in and week out. He's either been number one or number two for me, and three up and three down. And just he's uh, he's been outstanding. And what what was interesting to me in this game and noteworthy that when the Patriots turned the ball over on the first play, which by the way was at least partially Bailey Zappi's fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was play action, deep drop. He had he could have checked it down or at least thrown it in Ezekiel Elliott's feet. He just held the ball all day, which he he sometimes he does that well. Like the Gasicki touchdown, that was an awesome play. Mm-hmm. Bought himself more time. There was you know the fumble. There was another sack where he tried to spin out of it like he's Lamar Jackson. Like it's a little <laughs> you know double edged sword with with Zappy in that regard. But the you know they come back and the Broncos have the ball first and goal. And guess what? It's Christian Barmore's there playing you know playing on the defensive line inside. That's a change. Normally, that's Lawrence Guy or somebody like that. It wasn't. It was Christian Barmore. And to me, that speaks to his his you know development as an all around defensive lineman. He's gone to another level these last four or six weeks in terms of against the run. He played really well against the run. I know everybody sees the sacks, but you know, for to get more time from you know Bill Belichick and those guys, you got to play the run. And he's He's developed into an excellent, excellent all-around defensive lineman, and it's uh, it's great to see because he's definitely worked at it. You mentioned Bailey Zappi a few times and what you just said. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I don't know if people know, but before the show, we've kind of sent emails and go back and forth. And, Greg, I, I have to say, you have some very interesting <laughs> uh, feelings about Bailey Zappi. We'll touch on that when we get back. It's Felgrim Maz, Leroy Irvin, Sarone Battle, Greg Bedard filling in. 98.5 The Sports Hub. The Felger and Maz podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community 
of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Now, more of the show that gets Boston home. Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. It is 98.5 The Sports Hub. Felger and Maz, Leroy Irvin, Saron Battle filling in. Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal is in the building for sure. Um, so I was telling people, everybody, before we went to break, that we've been sending emails to each other, you know, trying to prepare for the show. And listen, Greg, you came in on fire. <laughs> what is the deal? I'll just tell them, tell the folks, you dislike Bailey Zappi. I, I, I need to, if you could just speak on that. At least I'm at the podium. At the podium. Okay. okay. Yeah. What's your, and what's your so, issue? I don't know. And and look, I might just have an issue with Bailey Zappi. You know, sometimes... There's something wrong with my mic. Um, if, if sometimes there's just you know certain things with certain people, the way they look, the way they act, and you know, to, I, I don't know, like him coming to the podium with the huge grin on his face and mm. saying, "I'm on cloud nine. Mm. I don't know. It just for some reason it it just it drives me crazy. And I, you know, look, I'm I'm an old school type of person. Like you know, when when I was a player back in my athletic days, like I was you know team first, you know, captain, all that stuff. And like, I just cared about the team. I didn't care about myself. And, you know, and, you know, when I coach, you know, kids like, you know, that's the whole thing where, you know, I'm all about, it's all about team. It's not about what you do individually. And, um, I, I don't know. I mean, like, am, am I wrong? Do you guys get any, (laughs) is it just me? But like, you know, he gets, you know, from his, uh, his, his quote to his, you know, uh, college head coach or offensive coordinator about after he got cut, like, don't worry, you know, like oh, I'm yeah. going to be the starter before I, long. And I did. Like I, 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 and, I, I shrugged my shoulders at that one. Too. <laughs> yeah. and, oh, really? You know, and, and how excited he is after these games. Now I understand you're supposed to be excited. Yeah. And I know, you, you know, you made the point in the email exchange about, you know, um, shouldn't, shouldn't a guy have confidence And like, yes, I totally agree. And, and, and I also agree that guys should celebrate when they win NFL games. I don't care what your record is. They should be excited, but I don't know. I think to me, he just makes it a little bit too much about himself Mm. and not about the team. And I, you know, and I think often I compare everybody to Brady, not just on, on field play because nobody's going to measure up to that. But I just think about, you know, Tom, when they were 8-0 in 2019 and he's miserable and they were, you know, perform. it wasn't about, it wasn't about him. You know, it was about, you know, the offense as a, as a whole that he didn't think that they were going in the right direction. I just don't remember Tom celebrating himself or saying I very often. And, and I don't know, it's just, it's, it's something rubs me the wrong way. Maybe I'm just a bad person. No, you know, maybe that's what it is. I don't know, but it just, being so excited with a four and eleven team, it just I don't know, something just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, it it it, it was giving um Austin Eckler first down celebration <laughs> down seventy against the Raiders. But I get when I heard the comment about, you know, once he got cut, you know, he's don't worry about it. 
It's going to be my job. You know, it's like, so you felt that way as they brought in like 10 backups to, you know, take your job. Mm -hmm. But okay. I mean, it literally took the stars to align for you to get this position. Excuse me. But I mean, I understand being happy when the game, like after winning the game, he threw his coat off, field goal goes in. I understand that you were part of a comeback win in the NFL. You deserve to celebrate that. But the other part, I guess it's not so much Bailey Zappi, besides LeBron Beaver. It's not so much LeBron. It's the fans. It's <laughs> the whole, like, the minute the game ended, like, this is our guy. Like, we should have been had this guy. And you mentioned email exchange. The whole notion of if Zappi was there from the beginning, where mm-hmm. would this team be? And I look at that and, like, exactly where they are now. I don't see him doing anything magical or different. The only difference was the field, the kicker made the kick at the end of the game. You know, little things like that. The defense that wasn't playing defense that was giving up 26-27 a game for the first eight weeks of the season isn't anymore. It's all the little things around there. The schedule lightened up. Like, we all – things we knew going into the season, if they could just get to Germany, the schedule's going to lighten up and it's going to be an easier path. The problem is by the time they got to Germany, that was it for Mac Jones, and it was like – just like last year. We mentioned off air. When you get Detroit Lions and the Cleveland Browns coming in, it's like, well, you should win those games. You could turn it over. You've mentioned earlier in the season there was no margin for error. One in one turnover, that was it for this team. You can now fumble in the first four seconds of the game and turn over and be like, oh, we're good. You know? And one thing I did not like about it wasn't just I didn't not so much the zappy celebration. It was when he's making these mistakes. Like you said, the fumble, the scrambling. No one's getting in his face. It's, don't worry about it, kid. We got you next drive. Mac Jones gets off the field on a third and long. He got cussed out for 15 minutes. And it's like, what's what's wrong with this? He turns it over on the first drive against the Saints. We don't need quarterbacks like this on our team. All the same things he's doing now, we've seen in the past. But when Zappy's doing it, it's, you know, oh, he's a good bridge quarterback for us now until we get our next guy. Right, and, and it's like, what? And what, it, what? Really? And people forget that he was, you know, god-awful against the Chiefs in the second half. He, you know, got shut out. They got shut out by the Chargers. Didn't penetrate their 28-yard line at home. But, you know, they deliver one time in the second half after, you know, blowing a pretty big lead. And Steelers, don't forget the Steelers' second half. 40 yards and an interception? Yeah, and, and all of a sudden it's... You know, th- this guy should have been the answer. He should have been X, Y, and Z. I-, I-, I just don't understand it. So I know, but you don't think he was – Bailey Zappi would have been good for maybe one or two, three extra wins? It's no. possible, but it's maybe. it's win- it would have been window dressing about what was wrong with this team. I mean, you know, like I picked them 7 and 10 before the season, and the my primary reason was – they have no room for error. There's no margin for error. They need to stay healthy. Everything needs to go right on the offensive line. And, you know, you brought up the point about um, in our email exchange about Zappy and about doesn't a player need to have confidence? Absolutely. You're not an NFL player. You're certainly at that position at quarterback. You're not a good player unless you have confidence. I just like the quiet internal confidence, that sort of thing. They come into the podium and saying, like, I'm on cloud nine. Okay. <laughs> to, to That's that, great. To I that mean. point, if Mac Jones, after the Bills game, would have came on the podium mm-hmm. and like, Alabama Mac is back, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I told my old coaches in Alabama that this is going to be my job and they don't need Kayla Williams. Imagine if he would have said anything close to that after beating, you know, the Jets or, you know, beating the Bills. 
and or even having a good game. He threw for 300-plus yards against the Eagles, and he still was up there like, I lost the game for us. He fell on the sword for this team all season, even early on when guys were being benched, were put in the doghouse. Guys were putting out tweets and not all of a sudden not playing. Guys were suspended for things they did at Logan Airport. You know, Pop Douglas bench for fumbling. Like, Mac Jones had to play through all that and still, he still had to be, you know, Mr. Humble Pie on the podium. But now that things are kind of, you know, they're out of it. There's no real pressure. They're playing loose, which you can clearly see. Everybody's everybody's playing good ball. And they're all playing a little confident now. But I don't think when the pressure was still on earlier in the season, I don't see Bailey Zappi keeping the Saints from scoring 30-plus points. Bailey Zappi wouldn't have kept the Cowboys from getting 30-plus. Bailey Zappi wouldn't have played defense against Tua and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle twice. You know, would he have beaten the Eagles in that game? I don't know. Does Rager get his foot down if that's a zappy throw instead of a – I mean, excuse me, not Rager. Um, Keyshawn Booty gets his foot down if, if that's Jones or zappy instead of Jones. Does Gesicki get that one yard instead of lateraling it if it's Bailey Zappi instead of Mac – you know what I'm saying? Yeah. These are how they lost games early on. Now, when you get into the Germany game, which Jones did complete like 75 80% of his throws in that game, but if you get to that situation, yeah, he might have got you one in that, but – some of the earlier games, I don't think would have made much difference at all. Yeah, the number here is six one seven 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 nine zero ninety eight five. We have uh, Dave on the fo- on the call. He wants to talk about Zappy's attitude after the game. What's up, Dave? Hey, how you doing, guys? Um, yeah, I'm just gonna say, just I totally agree with Bedard. I think the big thing that I see the difference is like Zappy and let's say Lamar Jackson. The talent is completely on opposite ends, but the way they carry themselves after a game, the way they act. Um, it's not even close. And and I think that's what I see the difference in that. And I, I'll take a Lamar Jackson talent even straight up, obviously. That that kind of an attitude is what I want to see out of Thanks, yeah, Dave. I mean, appreciate it. Like I you know, I think if 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 Zappy would have come to the podium after this game, you know, with a big smile on her face and be like, you know, that was a lot of fun and you know the guys we did a great job like hanging with it and that that mm-hmm. sort of thing, like that's what I'm like, and, and I might that just I just turned fifty. That just must, might be the old man in me. Stop. I don't know, but uh, you know, who knows? No. I mean, I'm leaving that. That's open, called wisdom. You know? That's called wisdom. <laughs> uh, we got to take a quick commercial break. Uh, we're going to talk more about the Pats. I see all the callers on the line. It's Felger and Maz, Leroy Irvin, Sarone Battle. Almost said Hot ninety six nine again. Unbelievable. It's nine day five to Sports Hub. <laughs> Life insurance. What's your excuse for putting it off? Can't afford it. Too much hassle? Think your work coverage is enough? There's a lot of excuses for putting off life insurance, but one big reason why you shouldn't. If the unexpected were to happen to you, who would pay the mortgage, the kid's tuition, and all the other bills? In a time of grief, the last thing you would want is for your family to have to sell the house and struggle to survive financially. At Ethos, we could get you covered in just 10 minutes and boom, family protected. Rates can increase the longer you wait, so no more excuses. Take 10 minutes today and discover the modern way to get the life insurance coverage you need. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's ethoslife.com slash audio. You're listening I listen to, you every day. to Felger and Matt. I think this is a moral law. On the Sports Hub. And now it's time for three. Touchdown, Patriots! Two big throws on 
this drive by Mac Jones, your quarterback. What a throw on the skinny. I'll take more of this, please. Three down. Put a jacket on him. He don't want to be out here. Sit him down. With Greg Bedard from bostonsportsjournal.com. Three up. I know you're very results-oriented. I get that. Three down. It's a fail all around. Fail, fail, fail. On Belger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Yes, it is indeed time for Three Up, Three Down with Greg Bedard, presented by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Enjoy the game with the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cast matured Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Please drink responsibly. Let's get it. Three Up, Three Down. So I'll just give you my Three Up. Uh, I think Sharon's going to take part. Okay. So, um, Christian Barmore, outstanding. You know, we talked about him earlier, the three sacks. He's dominating against the run as well. He's doing a really nice job. Demario Douglas was my second up. And, look, he had the third down drop, I understand. But um, his ability to sort of play slot, and he played slot more in this game than he has before, uh, to really win his one-on-one matchups, uh, that was a big key for the offense in this game. And... So to see him do that, that was very promising. I thought one of the reasons why the Patriots were able to be as successful as they were on offense was because Vance Joseph was way too aggressive. He got into way too much man coverage, which allowed Bailey Zappi to – it made him uh, – it defined his reads pretty clearly. He'd throw up 50-50 balls. Bailey loves to do that, and that sort of played into his bag of trips. And then uh, third up was Zappi. I didn't think he was that good in the first half. Um, but the second half, I thought he was outstanding given the opportunities. He made plays to to win this game in the second half. Uh, you know, big plays to, you know, Demario Douglas was a 50-50 ball. He had another, I, I thought, another uh, really nice pass to Douglas. Um, Devontae Parker, the 30-yarder. The Gesicki play was probably his best play of the game. Might be his best play of the season for him to uh, throw that in the on, the on the back line. So, you know, Bailey did a really nice job in this game for the most part. Yeah, I'm going to go my ups, of course, Barmore on the line. Christian Barmore was fantastic. He was a game wrecker in that game. Um, excuse me, the other night. I mean, I think he was able to, because of him, they was able to contain a little better on Russell Wilson, who, like you mentioned earlier, he didn't have the wheels like he used to. I think old Russell Wilson is probably still running right now on some of those plays, but <laughs> <laughs> they was able to get control of him. I thought he was big. I got to give Devontae Parker some love. I think he made some Fair. key catches. Mm-hmm. It, well, he, he didn't have a lot of production, but, I mean, he had four catches, 60-plus yards, 16 yards a catch, but I think they were key. He made a lot of key plays in that game that, you know, he not saying he's a go-to guy for Bailey Zappi, but Zappi looks for him for the big plays and in key situations, and he's delivering. This is not the same guy that was doing that uh, that Harlem Shake route running he was doing against the, <laughs> against the, against Vegas early on, where they're like, what are, you, what, are, what are we doing out here? But I think he played well, and I also got to give Zeke Elliott some love. I mean, he didn't have a lot on the ground, mm-hmm. but I think he was key again on key downs, moving the change, getting the ball moved. I mean, the, <laughs> we was talking off air about the Rich Rich Eisen just, oh, just losing his mind over Bailey Zappi. And it was like, well, look at that pass to Zeke Elliott. It's like you just left out the fact that Zeke hurled, hurled a guy <laughs> and took it in for a touchdown, but we, we, you know, we're going to give him a pass on that one. But – I'm gonna give Zeke a lot of love on that, so I'm gonna, I got Zeke Barmore and, uh, and Parker as my my three up in that game. Three down for me, uh, Antonio Maffi. I thought he was terrible in this game. Gave up four pressures, two penalties. Uh, Jawan Bentley 
not one of his best games. Missed four tackles. Uh, I don't know if it was altitude or what, but he had a lot of difficulties in this game. And then I'm also putting Chad Ryland in in my bottom three. I mean, yes, he made yep. the final kick <laughs> when you know nobody. If he would have missed it, people would have been like, "Well, it's 56 yards." But they shouldn't. The Patriots shouldn't have been in that position if he would have done his job earlier. So uh, Ryland is my third down. I'm surprised you didn't say you're kind of sick of him too with his. Uh Post game stuff, and uh, you know, oh my god, I didn't think he was ever going to get off the podium after that game. <laughs> Seriously, they they need to uh, bring back media training for their young players. Oh down my there. god, uh, the number is six one seven 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 nine zero ninety eight five. We actually have a lot of people online right now. Uh, Keith wants to talk about Zappy. He doesn't think he has uh, has an attitude problem. What's up, Keith? Yeah, I mean, come on, guys. He won the game. He's an upbeat kid. He looks like he's just not petrified every moment that he's out there. And those 50-50 balls, maybe if you throw with a little bit of courage off your front foot, they don't become picks like they do with Jones. Is it not kind of refreshing to see, though, a quarterback with some confidence where, I mean, I love Mac Jones, but he lost the confidence. Oh, really no question. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you he, know, look, the, uh, Mac um, – you know, for whatever reason. And, you know, it's the whole chicken and the egg thing about, like, you know, how did he get to this point? You know, was he always that way? You know, people are going to have differing opinions. Um, but there's no question that, you know, he was completely shot, you know, at, at certain points this year and deserved to go to the bench. I thought he deserved to go to the bench a little bit earlier. I think it was the Washington game that I was like, you know, forget it. And, and they made their certain choices. I do not believe in the... You know, Robert Kraft made Belichick draft Mac Jones and made him keep him in the lineup, you know, BS that sometimes gets talked about on this show uh, when the regular hosts are here. Um, but, you know, look, there's there's no question. He makes a good point about, you know, Bailey throwing off his front foot. And, and you know, you could say that Bailey's able to do that because he doesn't have the stuff from, you know, last season as well as early on this year. A lot of the pressure issues, you know, remember, we're talking about a quarterback who needed – uh, in the first stages of the Matt Patricia era, needed to go get x-rays after two of the first three games, you know, got hurt and was out. So there's a lot of stuff back in the background that Zappy uh, doesn't have. And, you know, we it, it's tough to say whether that's true or not or real. It, it's tough to say. But there's no question that, that Bailey is operating at a much, you know, higher level now. And, you know, him, he does show a lot more courage in the pocket he stands in there. He takes some hit. Mac Jones has done that as well, but he doesn't do it this year. But Bailey does, so credit to him. Absolutely. we got to take a break, but real quick, would you be confident in Bailey Zappi being a backup for the Pats next season? I think we need a longer discussion about that. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. All right, we're going to have more talk about the Patriots when we get back. Felger and Maz, 9 Day 5 to Sports. Shopify helps businesses break sales records over the holidays with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Now more of Felger and Birch on the Sports Hub. It is the day after Christmas. All is quiet except here at work. We are in the building. <laughs> Felgrim, Maz, Leroy Irvin, Sarone Battle filling in. Greg Bedard 
Boston Sports Journal is in the building. Greg, we do have a lot of people on the mm-hmm. on the line, just you know, scratching and itching to, to talk to you or and, yell at uh, me. Yeah, and, and yell at you. <laughs> at you. Also, uh, this hour of uh, Felger Baz is brought to you by Swig Juice. Ah, y'all bear with me. Sports up head. <laughs> I mean, this hour is brought to you by SwingJuice.com, streetwear-inspired fashion for the modern golfer. I actually know them. Right now, Swing Juice is running their biggest sale ever with 40 to 70% off everything. Explore top-tier performance polos, quarter zips, hoodies, T-shirts, hats, and more at SwingJuice.com. Let's get to the phones. Uh, Jason wants to talk about the Pats. What's up, Jason? Hey, guys. How we doing? Good. Uh, Merry Christmas to you guys, too. Same to you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're talking a little bit about Zappy, the team, and, you know, and everyone's, per, you know, the public is excited and the win. And in my opinion, an insignificant win to the greater problem of Belichick decision-making at every level. Um, can you guys give me a little more, you know, a little more feedback and what your opinion is about, you know, Zappy, in my opinion, he's a, he's a second or third string quarterback in the NFL. Um, given that being said, does Bill, does Bill still have a shot at his job next year? Do we want to talk about that now or oh, top get, of the three o'clock hour? Let's do it. At, let's do it. At three. Okay. Just so, but seat. as far as Zappy, like I, I see Zappy sort of the same way and talking to people around the league. Um, you know, I think, I think Zappy is a, he has the potential to be a good number two, um, that sort of thing. You asked the question before the break about could I see Zappy here as maybe a bridge guy to, you know, say they draft Jaden Daniels or J.J. McCarthy, one of the sort of second-tier quarterbacks in this draft. Could I see Zappy as the bridge guy to him? Um, if Bill is here, I could see it. I could see a game like this. This is basically like, you know, Bill Belichick, like Cleveland Browns sort of game. Like defense keeps him in it. The quarterback don't turn the ball over, even though he turned the ball over on the first play. He definitely had um, he he had partial responsibility, at least for that opening uh, fumble. But for the most part, he kept he kept care of the ball and he made sort of big 50 50 plays down the field like that's. The you know that's NFL offense, Cleveland Browns offense from like you know 1987. Mm-hmm. You know it, things have things have changed. Um, so I I could see that being appealing to Bill. Here's my thing with Zappy as sort of a bridge guy. I want a guy who knows his place. Okay, and I'm glad that Zappy has confidence in, in himself. Probably sees himself like I could start in a lot of places. I could you know that that's fine, but. And wanting to hold his spot as the starter. But I want a guy who knows his place, sort of like Alex Smith for Patrick Mahomes, that he sees, okay, he's there. We're going to work together. I know this guy eventually is probably going to take my job at some point. Uh, but I'm going to do the best job I can, put tape out there so I get another job after this. But I don't see Zappy as that guy. I think that he is... He believes that he is a starting quarterback, a franchise quarterback in the NFL, and you know I, I just don't think he's going to uh, be the best guy to sort of hold that place for a potential franchise quarterback for this team. I mean, I'm not saying he can't do it, uh, but 
I just don't think it fits what he believes as far as in himself. Mm. Uh, Howard and Randolph wants to talk about the Pats. What's up, Howard? How you doing, guys? Season's greetings. Same. Same you. Uh, I just want to quickly thank Greg Bedard. I met you at a breakfast in April, and uh, after talking with you, I joined the Wicked 180 and lost 52 pounds in 12 weeks. <laughs> there you go. That's nice shot, Howard. That's it. All right. Uh, as far as my question, uh, Saron, you mentioned about Jack Jones got two pick sixes in consecutive games. What about guys like Aguilar and John o. Smith, who did nothing for the Patriots, yet they helped the new teams win games? Hmm. So why are uh, former players <laughs> performing better with other teams? Real quick, doesn't Jack Jones have more touchdowns than uh, Juju Smith right now? Oh, God. <laughs> I, I think since he's been in Oakland, I think he's taken three to the house. So, I mean, excuse me, Vegas. I keep saying so that. as far as the offensive guys, and, and look, what Jack Jones has done these last two weeks, <laughs> that's what Jack Jones does. You know he is going to jump passes. That's what he does. And he's going he's gonna to cash in. One out of like every ten, but he's also going to get roasted, you know, by especially by good quarterbacks. At some point, that's just who he is. And then you know, we also have the off-field stuff, which the the, the Raiders don't seem to have an issue with because Antonio Pierce knows him from Long Beach and that sort of thing. But the offensive players, why I think they're doing better away from here, and this goes to the argument about do the Patriots does this Patriots offense work in today's game with these players and that sort of thing? I think that. You know, to be an offensive player in this system, you need to be very cerebral. You need to understand certain things. Uh, a lot of things need to line up. I don't think the protection has been as good. You know, it, I think that Janu and Aguilar are able to play a little bit more free, just run sort of, just run the routes as prescribed. No converting routes and route adjustments, site adjustments, that sort of thing. And I think it allows them to play a little bit better earlier at other places. Right, we got Dave in Watertown. Sounds like he agrees with you, Greg. Dave. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for taking the call. No problem. So <laughs> I just want to say, like, I think that the Patriots and Bailey Zappi need to slap a reality and get knocked off of this cloud nine that he's on. Um, the last two wins against the Pittsburgh Steelers and now the Denver Broncos, I mean, they're both brutal teams. If both of these teams had a halfway competent quarterback, they would still only have two wins. Now, I mean, is Bailey Zappi better quarterback than Mac Jones? Maybe, but that's not really a very big measuring stick to go by. So, you know, and one more thing about Mac Jones. Like, why is that guy still wearing his helmet throughout the game on the sidelines? Does he appreciate it, Dave? I think he's he's listening to the play calls. I mean, that's what yeah, he should be doing. Mic, he's got a mic in there. Yeah. So. I mean, just like when you saw uh, there were times when Malik Cunningham – was on the sideline, especially I think that Raiders game, somebody was holding up a quarterback helmet to his helmet so he could hear the calls mm. uh, you know, while he was standing there because he couldn't hear it in his wide receiver helmet because you don't get a green so dot. That's, yeah. no. that's, um, that's, that's, that's a topic for another discussion. But, you know, yeah. I, it's a lot of this stuff, like I, I choose not to participate in the, like, the Mac Bailey yeah. thing because yeah. what are we even t- discussing? You know, we're discussing like, mediocrity at the quarterback position. I mean, it's just, look, the Patriots aren't in a good place right now and for a lot of different reasons. And uh, quarterback is certainly chief among them. And I I just don't see the point in arguing about those guys. And, and look, Zappi led them to a victory. That's great. They also beat the Steelers. To me, it's a lot like, you know, his victories against the Browns and the Lions last year. The, you know, the Lions, yes, got hot at the end of the season, but when they played them, they were one of the worst teams in the league, certainly one of the worst offense uh, defenses. The Browns were one of the worst defenses. And, the, you know, this Broncos defense is 
29th in DVOA defensively. It's, to me, it goes. It's the same sort of thing as last year. And you know, great that they came through, but does it mean anything at the end of the day? I don't think so. Yeah, it's the same Broncos team that gave up seventy in a game this season, and I they mean, got killed the week before. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's their bad team, and this is a kind of a coin flip game anyway. And I mean. I was, I was laughing when he said Mac Jones having a helmet on because he's sitting over there like, yep, one more of those fumbles and I'm right back in. <laughs> but, I mean, he's probably like, wait a minute, how's he staying in the game and no one's calling for him to come out? He's doing the same thing I was doing. But, anyway, like, like you said, this is the Lions. This was this was Detroit and Cleveland last year. Detroit was a bad defense last year, and all four of their starting DBs were out. Mm-hmm. I think both corners and both safeties were out, and they turned it over on downs, I think, four or five times in that game. So it was six. six. Oh, there you go. NFL record. Six times. You better win that game. But Bailey Zappi, yes, he was confident. He's smiling. He's happy. For one, there's no pressure. The team's already mathematically eliminated. Mac Jones is playing Dallas. Like, hmm, Aaron Rodgers is out. Maybe they can win a division. Everybody else is not looking good. There was still something to be to to play for. Guys were playing for their jobs. Guys thought, you know, there they, was something at the end of the road for them. Pressure was all on Mac Jones. You can't make a mistake. You can't do this. You're going to lose your job. Bailey Zappi's in no threat of losing his job. He's playing for another team. He's got opportunity. He might have opportunity out there. The team's not going anywhere. Everybody's playing free. So he has no other option but to smile and feel good about himself. Okay, if we get a win, we win. Okay, cool. If we lose, we kind of win that too. Everybody's happy. There's no pressure on him whatsoever. So the the mental situation between him and Jones is totally different right now and he's capitalizing on it now if you go out and lose by 30 to the Bills next week I don't want to hear anyone coming in saying oh yeah but his receivers suck no don't don't do that now <laughs> yeah don't switch don't up. don't switch up because you know I, you know keep the same energy when you play a good quarterback and a good team next week the number here is 617-779-0985 uh when we started this break the first caller mentioned Bill Belichick we got to talk about him next and his future what's going to happen Greg, what do you think is going to happen? We'll talk about all that. 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100. For a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. B-Pod Studios. The Felger Mass Podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Are you ready for this? It's Felger and Matt. Oh, stupid, my uh, God. Oh. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. We got off to a rough start, but you know, we were able to kind of settle down and um, you know, play turnover free after the first play and, and um, you know, put a lot of good defensive snaps out there. You know, had a couple of big plays in the kicking game you know, both ways, but it was good to make them. So, 
um, good, good come out here and win. All right, Pilgrim Mass, 95 The Sports Hub. I'm Levi Irvin. He's Salon Battle. He is Greg Bernard, Boston Sports Journal. Uh, Bill Belichick cracks me up. Mouth I mean, after they th- th- win. you know, when they win, now he's all polite. He's dandy. He's he's in it. He's in it to win it. He wants to talk. I wish he would talk like that even when they take L's. Uh, Greg, did the win, them becoming now 4-11. and 11. That sounds crazy to me. 4-11. <laughs> Does it change the situation for Bill Belichick? I don't think so. Um, it, it, it doesn't for me. Because, look, you know, what's wrong with the Patriots is not – I still think Bill is a – is a really good game coach as far as game planning and knowing going into a game, looking at an opponent and saying, this is the way we need to play in all three phases to win this game. I still think he's the best in the league. I think he coached the pants off of Sean Payton in this game. Um, Not that I think that's, you know, a big accomplishment for bill, but you know, it does show his value a little bit Um, to me. It's this, where this team is, is because of personnel and because of the choices Bill has made in terms of his assistant coaches. And I don't think, you know, winning two of the last three against teams going nowhere, to me, that doesn't change what's fundamentally wrong with the football program of the Patriots. However, I will say that, you know, you know, making calls in the last day or so and talking to people, you know, there was a report over the weekend from Tom Palacero for NFL Network that Robert Kraft is, you know, basically – I forget the way he termed it, but he is, he's basically, he's basically on a fact finding mission and he has been, I think since Germany, I think Robert is making calls and talking, talking to people that know of the Patriots football program. This is something that I advocated for a while ago that, that Robert reach out to a bunch of different people who know what's going on inside the building as far as football ops. And I think that is happening. What's I did talk to one person who who said that they think that Robert is quote unquote conflicted mm. at this point, mm-hmm. and I think that I think that all things being equal, and I think you know, especially after the Colts game in Germany, coming back with the bye week and getting a chance to assess some things and where are we and where are we going, how do we get here? I do think that you know, like Tom Kern reported, I do think that the crafts had settled on we need to move on after this season. I do think there's a big difference between making that decision and Robert actually going through with it, that actually sitting down with Bill and saying, I think it's time for us to go different ways. And I think as we get closer to the end of the season and get closer to the point where they meet and you're hoping it happens possibly the week of the final game uh, ahead of time, you don't want to leave that for Black Monday. But I do think that it's going to be hard for Robert to ultimately pull the trigger. And I do think... I had reported this before people close to bill or who know bill's thinking, think that bill's going to go into that meeting on the offensive with Robert Kraft. He is going to ha- he's going to know where, which way Robert wants to go. And, and bill's going to have a counter, you know, is that, I don't know what that looks like. Is that okay, Robert, I agree. We need to, we need to improve personnel and I'm going to bring in this guy who's really, you know, at the end of the day, a puppet for bill. Um, he's going to give a counter that's probably going to give Robert pause. But I do think that that Robert is, as we get closer to D-Day, I think Robert Kraft is conflicted about what to do about Bill Belichick. And at this mm. point, I don't rule anything out. People talk. Um, are you hearing anything about Robert Kraft as far as who he is as a person? Is he indecisive? 
Is he an emotional person? And maybe that's what's causing him to kind of think again, if that's true. He can be emotional at times. I would say that Jonathan is definitely the more, uh, you know, emotional of, of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Robert is more, yes, he might be reactionary in the moment, like say after the Colts game, but he is more of a, let me talk to as many people as possible and then come back and make my decision. And so I don't think he's done in that phase. Um, I think he, he, but I do think that, um, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to weigh everything out. Whereas, you know, Jonathan will be like, look, we've been at this for, you know, five years now or, you know, four years, you know, since Tom, you know, we backed Bill and we said we backed his vision for this is what he's going to do. And he's led us down this path. The, the bottom line is we've had losing seasons three out of the last four years to where it's bottomed out now. And, you know, dad, all due respect. I mean, what else do you need to see? You know, it's like I hear from, you know, you'll hear from Patriots fans who, and I understand it, like <laughs> having Bill Belichick as your coach and all that greatness for a long time it brings a certain level of confidence and there's a fear factor of what's on the other side. Mm-hmm. But if you step back and look at it, what, you know, other coaches couldn't post losing seasons three out of the last four years. Other teams couldn't go four and 11. Other teams couldn't, you know, uh, uh, other coaches couldn't, you know, handle the quarterback position you know, not well. So, um, you know, I think all those calculations are coming into the play. And I do think, you know, I do think, I don't want to say it's a toss up on what happens with Bill. I think they do have of the mind to move on from him. But as far as the actual decision being made, I don't know what's going to happen. Do you think you said Jonathan is like, you know what? Enough of this. How much juice does Jonathan Kraft have? He has a lot. And he and his dad are are very close. They talk all the time. And, you know, but at the end of the day, Robert knows it's his decision. It's, you know, he's, he's the face of the organization. Um, you know, he's trying to get in the hall of fame, you know, all that stuff. And so, yes, Jonathan's going to have a huge say in this, but at the end of the day, it's, it's what Robert wants. And at his age, you know, how much change does he want? Um, you know, a younger Robert Kraft, I think, would have made, you know, this mm-hmm. decision already and been firm with it and, and probably went in another direction. Does he not have the stomach for or does he not want to write the check to bring in a whole new building full of assistant coaches and front office staff and all that stuff? I, I don't know if he if he has that tolerance for risk at this point in his career. Is, oh, good. Is, is Bill Belichick operating as if he's coming back next season. I mean, I know there's a certain level of professionalism that you have to have, especially as a coach, but is he like preparing for the draft and preparing for next season? So I haven't, I haven't heard any differently from anybody. Um, I know that, that Burt Breer has reported that Bill is doing things as he normally does talking about extending, which assistant coaches to extend, you know, doing draft meetings and stuff like that. I mean, he is, He's a creature of habit. I mean, this is what he does as a football coach for the Patriots in the final month of the season. You know, I will say, you know, Mike Giardi, who's with me at BSJ, says that, speaking of Belichick, he has expressed doubt about his future in New England to the staff at various points over the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, To the best of my knowledge, he has yet to sit down with ownership. If he won't survive, I think this is a, uh, is a, this is Mike's opinion, uh, if he won't survive, I think this is a massive misstep by RKK and Jonathan Kraft. Hmm. Wow. I mean, it, it just seems to me that having a business, I mean, excuse me, 
uh, a problem separating business from personal. It's like you know we want we know it's time. But for they to go. they they say their business is personal to them. It's like family. That you know that's what they mm. that's what they say. It's the biggest lie in the in business. <laughs> oh my god, I hate when that happens. And meanwhile, everybody else is do your job and next man up. But you know, but anyway, it, it's. I think Jonathan is probably at home Christmas dinner and was like, dude, I know they won this game, but this this is this is it. And I hope they're not sitting there, Robert's not sitting there, and whoever else is, you know, at going to be at the table, they're not sitting there like, oh, wait till the Bills game. Let's see how they play again. If they beat the Bills, mm-hmm. we'll keep them around. You know what I'm saying? Where and like, let's see what they do again. What? Let's give them. One, it's kind of like the old Bugs Bunny thing where he's drawing a line, cross a line, draw mm-hmm. another line, cross a line. It's like, okay, now we're at the Bills game. If they beat the Bills, then we're really we're, okay. We're going to keep them around for you know another year. If they lose by 30, then he's gone. If we get embarrassed or whatever it is, I just think the decision just has to be made. And I think if Jonathan feels that way, if he's ready to, you know, not take over, but have the real power, it's like, you know what? When when Robert's at the table, you know, I don't know, Bill, you know, you're my buddy, whatever. I like love your family or whatever, all the, the conversation. I think Jonathan would be the one at the table and say, you know what? Here's your check. Thank you for your services. I do think we he's going to – I, I think – I think when it comes to that meeting, whenever it is, and Bill goes on the offensive, I think that Jonathan is going to be in Robert's ear and be like, no, Dad, stick to what we talked about. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you yeah. know, this is yeah. just whatever, unless we rehearse this. You know, <laughs> and talking to people around the league, you know, so I, I've heard this increasingly from people, and I, I don't dismiss it about like, you know, Bill the coach. All right, Bill the coach is still really good, but, you know, we just need a new GM. Okay. So the two possible scenarios are Bill goes in and says, I'm going to bring back Dave Ziegler to be the personnel guy. And, uh, you know, it's fine. He can report to you. He has say on the 90 man roster or whatever, you know, I retain 53 man. Like, okay, that's not going to work because whoever that is, Ziegler, John Robinson, whoever, Thomas Dimitrov, whoever used to serve under Bill, they're going to defer to Bill. It's just going to be window dressing. and But if they bring somebody else in from the outside, say, all right, we're going to give this guy autonomy over the roster, Bill's agreed to coach. Yeah, but then you get in a situation where Bill's going to be undermining the draft picks of this guy, and the, you know he could ice him out. He could sit him on the bench, right. and he could go to Robert and be like, "This guy's picking terrible players. Like, I can't, I can't work with this guy." Yeah. And, and it's, it's the, the Bobby guys. Greer, yeah. Pete Carroll, you know, yeah. dynamic. Nobody sees that working. So to me, at the end of the day, there's no half measures when it comes to what the Patriots do. It's either you stay on with what you've done with Bill Belichick and are you okay with how he's handled personnel and how he's handled the assistant coaching staff or do you start fresh and start anew? Is there real regret on how things ended with Brady? And I'm only bringing up Brady because I'm wondering if there is real regret about that, could there be possible impact on how things go with with, with um That's always been a strike against Bill. How how that went down, how, you know, Tom was basically left with no other option but to go to another team, and then he wins a Super Bowl. And so, you know, whether the the Crafts outright say that, I think they have always viewed that as one of the strikes against Bill when it comes to ultimately deciding his future. And I think if you if you hook the Crafts up to truth serum, they were they would have been like, we should have stuck with Tom, and we just should have promoted Josh McDaniels mm. as you know we had McDaniels and Ziegler in house, and you can say whatever you want about Vegas and all that. But 
you know, those guys had to go there and instill a new culture, which is tough doing the Patriot way. It was already here. So you can't say, oh, well, Josh was a disaster in, in, in Las Vegas, which I don't agree to a certain extent. And, and it would have been the same here. I think there is some regret that, you know, if they would have went with Tom and Bill went elsewhere and Bill was flirting with teams around that same time because he didn't know which way the crafts were going to come out, whether it was for him or for Brady. And I do think that there's some regret that they just could have gone forward with Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels to where they are now. All right, phone lines lit up, 617-779-0985. I promise we'll get to some of you guys on the phone. We'll be right back. It's Felger and Maz, 985, the Sports Hub. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. So what? So annoyed by this. So annoyed. 98.5 The Sports Hub. You want the answer? You've got to ask the question. Do you have an opinion based on if you had to go with your gut, what, which way it would go? Uh, Sometimes you have to ask it over and over and over again. Why, 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 why? This is 10 Questions with Greg Bedard and Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, uh, this is 10 questions, uh, so we're going to get right to it. Uh, first, uh, what do we have for, for buzzers today? All right, Leroy, so what we have are uh, little uh, tidbits from press conferences that kind of reflect where each respected Boston sports team is at uh, this point in their season. Okay, all right, uh, I'm feeling that. All right, so question number one first. Uh, Greg, your email seems uh in the email you it seems as though you think zappy loves the spotlight <laughs> why does he bother you so much and to some degree doesn't he have to be selfish to be a pro quarterback i completely agree with that that you do you have to be selfish you have to be confident as a pro quarterback or any sort of professional athlete but like i just i just like my guys to internally have that and outwardly be unselfish and about the team and and yeah, I don't know what it is about Zappy, but it does bother me. It's 20 years of Brady and, you know, those type of people that probably got you nice and, you know, that's how it should be done. <laughs> and you're 4-11. and 11. Go ahead, Saron. You got yeah, I mean, it, it's – does it bother me? Yeah, kind of. I mean, it does. Like I said, I'm more upset with the, the Zappy nation than I am Bailey Zappy himself, but I still think he's, he's a terrible quarterback that just got some good defense the last few weeks. Cold-blooded. Next – we're going to have to be full throttle. All right. Not everyone was happy with the win. Greg, what's your response to fans who believe positioning yourself for a high draft pick is more important than a win? Things happen for a reason. You know, you play the season out. Don't anger the football gods. And, you know, somehow things will shake out the way they should 
uh, shake out for you? I mean, you know, I know it hasn't worked out for the Chargers team, but, you know, they get Justin Herbert, who, you know, who who is, to me, one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league. And so, you know, it might not be one of the top two guys. Maybe you get Jaden Daniels. Maybe it's J.J. McCarthy, and those guys, you know, turn out to be the best of the bunch. Right. I mean, okay, let's say worst-case scenario, you won the you won the game. You end up with a guy who just won the Heisman. I mean, it's it's you know you never know. You don't know how these are going to work out. You could draft the right guy. You can get Caleb Williams, but if your coaching staff is terrible, if your receivers are terrible, your offensive line is terrible, you'd be drafting Caleb Williams again in three <laughs> years. So you just don't know. So just roll with it and hope the team does the right thing in the offseason and not bring Bill Belichick back. Oh God! <laughs> Next, Bill, do you want to stay here and keep coaching the Patriots? Mm, I'm looking forward to this week getting ready for the Steelers. Oh boy! Uh, Christian Barmore was the player of the game, in my opinion. Eight tackles, five solo, and three sacks. Looking back at the game, how truly disruptive was he? Uh, I mean, he was a beast. He had a that was a big ma- mismatch going into this game. Their left guard was the weak part of the Broncos' offensive line. So you know, Barmore won that. But you know, like I said earlier, I think the most impressive thing about him uh, has been his ability, his improvement against the run, and that is making him a more well-rounded player. In terms of you know, I do think if he finishes off the season like this, I think. You'll go in the next year. You'll you'll hear him a lot more as far as the top defensive lineman in the league. Mm. Yeah, I mean he he was disruptive. I think he was the player of the game for them. I think if he if he didn't have the game he had, Russell Wilson would have put three hundred plus on him. He wasn't that far away from him. But it, I think Russell Wilson would have had a bigger game. They'd had a bigger game on the ground. And the the key to me, the key stop of the game, the key drive of the game was the first minute after the Zappy fumble. That Patriots front kept them from getting in the end zone. I think that doesn't happen if he was, if he's not on the field. Next. I do not consider it a statement win. I consider it uh, a win. Oh, man. The defense has been and continues to be the strength of the team by a long shot. So is it safe to say that Belichick has been neglectful when it comes to making sure the offense would be a decent complement to the defense? Of course. I mean, you know, this has been uh, – it's part of the downfall of the Patriots that, you know, Bill – Bill is taking care of the defense to the point where, you know, you lose a Christian, Christian Gonzalez on defense, but you have Sean Wade. Mm. Now, say what you will about Sean Wade, but at least he's been here for multiple years, knows the system. Um, Jabril Peppers, you don't have Jabril Peppers. Jalen Mills is able to go out there. I mean, on offense, they lose anybody, and all of a sudden you're talking about Bumville. You know, guys <laughs> who have been with, you know, other teams on practice squads on the street, and all of a sudden they need to play. And uh, that just doesn't happen for the Patriots defense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely neglected the offense, and I think it's because he can't evaluate offense. I just don't think he ever had an eye for offensive talent the way he does for defense. He doesn't see the tendencies in offensive players, so that's why he struggled with it. And again, that's why I don't want him anywhere near the draft coming up in April where you need offensive players. So, Next. <laughs> no. I mean, that's a great point, but um, but yeah, that's a good question. Oh, boy. Would the Pats record have been considerably better than 4-11 and if Zappy was the starting quarterback from the beginning of the season? One or two games. Mm, that's it. Wow. Okay, next. We're going to have to be full throttle. Do you know if Belichick, we kind of touched on this, but do you know if Belichick is running things as if he's planning on being back next season? He is a creature of habit. He is doing the job as he has always done it for 20-plus years. Mm, next. Bill, do you want to stay here and keep coaching the Patriots? <laughs> I'm looking forward to this week getting ready for the Steelers. Any insight into how Mac Jones is handling 
all of this from the sideline. From what I hear, it's been fine for the most part. You know, do I think he's uh, overly eager to be the clipboard holder and you know warm up the quarterback and you know things like that? No, but you know, from what I hear, it's been fine. Hmm. Next. <laughs> I do not consider it a statement when I consider it uh, a win. All right, Greg, if you were max agent, what would be the plan moving forward? Please trade my client as soon as possible uh, to Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers or any of his disciples, um, you know, Sean McVay and, and people like that. Maybe even uh, the Vikings, Kevin, o- Kevin O'Connell. Mm. Saron, what would you say? I've been saying it since week two. It's the same thing he just said. If you don't like me, you don't trust me, you're going to cuss me out every week, trade me. Well, just get me out of here. And here's the thing, and I meant to bring up this point earlier in terms of you know how why Bailey works in this offense a little bit more than Mac is that you know Bailey's more of like a gunslinger where you know he sees one-on-one matchups and he just throws it out there and you know you could say he trusts his guys or this and that and Bailey do does have good accuracy uh, you know on on some of those plays, you know, Mac is more of a distributor, a point guard type of guy. So he needs to be in that kind of offense. It's, it goes to the, some of the fundamental flaws with this team is that bill bill didn't build the offense around the qualities of the quarterback. You know, he just, he wants the mm-hmm. quarterback to fit what he gets him. So, you know, you go to a 49ers where you get, you know, it's spread out and it's almost like, it's almost like basketball on grass that's more conducive to Mac Jones throwing into space, anticipating, you know, whereas Bailey's more of a Washington Redskins 1985 type offense. Just throw it to the one-on-one matchup. And real quick, I've said that same same exact <laughs> thing you've said for, for all season. If they had drafted Mac Jones instead of Trey Lance, Mac Jones would probably be MVP and probably have a Super Bowl by now. He'd be playing well. I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> if if uh, uh, Brock Zappi over there is uh, doing his thing. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Matt Next. Jones would be great. <laughs> and that's a great point, but um, but yeah, that's a good question. Patriots, where was this defense the first eight games of the season? Or, like last year, are they shining versus the trash cans of the league? Yeah, it's funny how good the defense looks against trash quarterbacks and trash <laughs> offenses. I mean, this is basically what we've seen. I mean, even go back to 2019, the mm. the demise of the boogeyman, you know, d- you know, down the stretch, couldn't hold up. Um, you know, they're doing a little bit le- better because the – we all knew the the schedule was front loaded this year, and you know they played well at times. They certainly had their moments, um, but for the most part, um, you know they're not dominating unless it's it, it's a an operation on the other sideline that isn't top notch. All right, last question. Next, we're going to have to be full throttle. Was that a tank gone wrong versus Denver? Did they do everything possible to lose, and Denver still found a way to <laughs> to be Denver? That was not a tank. That was it was Denver being Denver, but um, you know if you've watched Russell Wilson at all this year, especially against you know decent defenses, uh, that's who he is. He's just he's not good. He's shaky. He 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 does not want to take many hits anymore. And uh, so that was not a tank gone wrong. All right, uh, Saron, well, I can tell you itching to say no, something. no. I, I I you know I'm I'm good, man. I agree with him. <laughs> it, it's just. It was Denver being Denver. That was a bad team and a bad situation, and they they were who we thought they were going into that game. Okay, all right. Well, that's uh, 10 questions. Call us, please. I see you. You're still there. Thank you so much. 617-779-0985. We're going to get to you when we get back. It's 985 The Sports Hub. What's the easiest choice you can make? 
window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Now, more of Felger and Mad. Now, on, on, on the Sports Hub. Felger and Maz, 985 The Sports Hub. I uh, put that beat in the music as a reminder to let everybody know on Friday, the Dorchester Eagles will be in the building. The national champs, they're going to come on through and break bread with us here uh, at 985 The Sports Hub. Um, the callers are still there, 617-779-0985. I promise we're going to get to you. But, Greg, I have to do this. Don't be mad at me. <laughs> Please don't be mad at me. <laughs> Uh, a couple of weeks ago, you reported that Gerard Mayo uh, has rubbed some people the wrong way in the building. Uh, is that still true? Uh, yeah. And, you know, conversations I've had with people, you know, since that time, mm. um, you know, just make me, you know, even more certain. Not that I wasn't before, but, you know, this is it's true. And now I will say it doesn't what I'm what I'm reporting. It doesn't preclude him or doesn't in my in my view, it doesn't you know, sort of go against his candidacy to be Patriots head coach. I'm just, look, it's my job to good, bad, or ugly. Like I'm supposed to report accurately on things that are going on behind the scenes with this team. You know, I know there are other reporters who know this. Some of them haven't reported it and they have, you know, their own motivations. I mean, I'm sure some people are looking at Gerard Mayo. He could be the next Patriots head coach and, you know, you know, do I want to watch what I say or, you know, that, that sort of thing, or they have a background with Gerard, you know, since he's been here for so long, he's done media, you know, those other things. I, you know, I can't speak to their motivations. But to me, I just always want to tell the truth. And, you know, the truth is he has rubbed at least some people. I'm not saying everyone, a majority, what have you. But there are some people, some very important people on the football side of things that have not loved the way he's conducted himself at times this season, perhaps feeling that he is secure his future is secure here no matter what happens with the Patriots now to me does that preclude him from being the next head coach of the Patriots no does it preclude him from being you know a good head coach in the NFL no I just think that this is this is how is he is being perceived in the building you know not every football coach not every person I'm sure I rub people the wrong way. Actually, I know I rub some people the wrong way. Um, that doesn't make me a bad person or anything like that. Uh, so, you know, look, I, I just think that um, I, I've 
I have nothing against Gerard. I have never had a bad interaction with him. I think he is extremely bright. I do think he's going to be an NFL head coach at some point. I would say the the consensus of people I've talked to say it's a little early for him, that this season has made it a little bit early for him, and he's not quite ready for it. Uh, I certainly have my reasons, and I just did – you know, at BSJ, I just did the case for and against Bill Belichick as head coach. I will be doing Gerard Mayo this week and mm. other people, including, you know, who might be GMs. But that's my job to, you know, give you the good, bad and the ugly and leave it up for the readers, the listeners to decide. And that's just what I'll keep doing. Do you think it's more like a it's literally like a game of uh, it's like TV show Survivor? It's and, like Game and, of Thrones. And, and, yeah, oh, <laughs> oh, I like that one. I like that. But Mayo... Mayo's kind of feels like he's got immunity for the week. You know, it's like, is it he's acting different or is everybody else perception perception of it? Because everybody else is kind of walking around on eggshells, not knowing what's going to really happen. And he's over there, you know, playing Xbox between whatever, just (laughs) chilling like I'm good. You know, is it their perception of him or is he really, you know, doing anything different or is just them like, you know, look at him over here all safe. And worry free, you know, is it is it that kind of attitude? I, I think it's I think it's how people are perceiving him. Perhaps with the information, like you know, Robert Kraft said to L- NFL Network, which a segment that never aired on NFL Network for whatever reason uh, that I've reported, you know, over the off season that you know Kraft said, you know, he could be the heir apparent, but we have other people also that are really good in the building. Um, I I just think that you know people since. Since what's gone on, he got the contract extension and stuff like that. People are closely watching him to seeing what's going on. And, you know, like Burt Breer reported that, you know, Kraft and Mayo had an extended conversation on the practice field in Germany. And so people are looking at that like, what's going on? Are they talking about like next year and that, you know, where where do I fall in this? And like, so there's a lot of insecurity. Like I said, it's like it's like Game of Thrones there behind the scenes at this point, because there are a lot of people who don't know what their futures are, that Mm. the next Two, two, three weeks are going to decide whether they, them and their families are living here or they're going to be looking for new jobs. I mean, there's a lot at stake for a lot of people with what goes down. So to be clear, <laughs> and, you know, not to, I'm not saying that you know any of this or anything like mm-hmm. that, but it could be a situation where people who are feeling insecure about their future may leak out this or that and, and say, hey, Mayo's not really, you know, he's rubbing some people the wrong way. It may not even be true. It could just be, no. I don't know. You, you think there? No, I've heard it from truth. enough people and people that I that I trust mm. that I have had a relationship with for multiple years and know their history of you know when they give me information, it's it's really good. Um, that you know, I'm I'm very confident that this is going on. It's just you know, what does it mean at the end of the day? I don't know. Mm. Wow. <laughs> All right. I probably yeah. Something to say. Go ahead. Yeah, I just I could be if if. Put it like this. If somebody said, you know, if I was in Mayo's shoes and someone came to me and said, look, man, you're going to be the next head coach of the Patriots, it wouldn't be no secret. I'd be in the first parking space, like, Bill, you over there. Like, it'd be known that, you know, it, it'd be hard not to contain my emotions or anything if I knew I was going to be the next head coach. Well, of the I, I, I will really say this to add a little change. bit more context. Something that I heard from um, somebody during as far back as training camp, that they were saying that the 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 vibe behind the scenes was weird because you have Bill Belichick who's basically playing out the string. You have Gerard Mayo who thinks he would be king, 
you will be the next king. <laughs> and then you have, you know, people like Bill O'Brien who look at their, you know, resume and be like, you know, I follow Joe Paterno and that and, you know, kept Penn State afloat. You know, I mean, look what I did at Penn State. Look what I did in Houston winning, you know, division titles four out of five years. Like, you know, how come I'm not getting more of a look at a head coach? Like there's a, a bunch of different dynamics going on behind the scenes. And this goes this goes back to training camp. Wow. All right. Uh, we got to take a quick commercial break. That was very interesting. I want to talk a little bit more about that when we get back. It's Felgrim Maz, 985 The Sports Hub. Life insurance. What's your excuse for putting it off? Can't afford it? Too much hassle? Think your work coverage is enough? There's a lot of excuses for putting off life insurance, but one big reason why you shouldn't. If the unexpected were to happen to you, who would pay the mortgage, the kids' tuition, and all the other bills? In a time of grief, The last thing you would want is for your family to have to sell the house and struggle to survive financially. At Ethos, we could get you covered in just 10 minutes and boom, family protected. Rates can increase the longer you wait, so no more excuses. Take 10 minutes today and discover the modern way to get the life insurance coverage you need. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's E-T-H-O-S life.com slash audio. Team. It's Felger and Oh, and don't forget Murray on the Sports Hub. It is 985 The Sports Hub, Felger and Maz, Leroy Irvin, Saron Battle filling in. Greg Bedard, the Boston Sports Journal is here. Greg, we're going to do a lightning round with the callers. They've been waiting patiently to talk to you. It's like a, what's the, what's the, like a, a, a I don't want to say a love line, but what they used to do back like in the, the day? Hotline? The hotline, but they would call in with like late at night. The quiet storm. The quiet, storm. Doing the quiet storm. The sports <laughs> quiet storm with Greg Bedard. Uh, we got Ray on the phone, obviously wants to talk about the Patriots and the draft. Ray, what's up? Yeah, two things, guys. First, I think the model of giving one the whole thing to one guy is so obsolete. They need to put a GM in charge and let that guy pick the coach, younger GM. What do you think about that? Is it obsolete? I would think so. Yeah. I, I Look, what's wrong with the Patriots is personnel-related. That needs to be the focus. How do they do that? I think the, their number one hire should be let's find the best personnel man, whether it's from the 49ers, the Chiefs, the Ravens, what have you. Get them in place and then go from there. Kevin and Taunton, what's going on? Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Good. I love you. But, uh, you know, uh, I just wanted to make two points. I mean, uh, I think we're crazy to think that uh, – we should ever fire Belichick. I mean, like, he's the best coach we've ever had, and I don't think we can do any better than that. Like, you know, it's just uh, crazy to think, you know, I know he's the GM, but uh, guess what? I mean, he's made some bad calls, but, I mean, I've been a fan since 92, and, like, there's been nobody better to coach our team. I mean, we, we think Brady did it all. That's that's not that's pretty what do you say to people who can't <laughs> let go of, of, of the past? Ask a Browns uh, fan from 92. I say if um... – if Bill Belichick was a Patriots player under Bill Belichick and, you know, he went from being a Hall of Fame level quarter uh, player to um, a middle of the road player, that player would be gone. And, you know, grateful for the run that he had. Absolutely the best going in the Hall of Fame. One of the best coaches ever, if not the best. 
But um, just like everybody, his better days are behind him. And, um, you know, y- you can find somebody else to lose post-losing seasons three out of the last four years. Did, didn't Shula get fired? Shula got fired, and he didn't – He his last losing season when he got fired was eight years before. He had he gone to the playoffs. as a good coach. Yes, he had gone to the playoffs wow. almost every year before he got fired. Wow. Scott, New Hampshire. Uh, yeah, to me, I, I agree with the previous call. You know, to me, it's all – Bill is all about what's best for the team. Honestly, if Bill wants to be what's best for the team, which is his mantra, okay, he should step aside. Okay, he's used this as years, for years to avoid responsibilities. Appreciate it, Scott. Wow. Uh, we got John. I believe he's in Connecticut. John? Oh, hey, guys. Hey, I heard Zappi was was a lousy in practice. At least that's what the I think that people said. I'm wondering if he's gotten any better in practice. And... Um, well, just that is he is he is he starting to get it better? So I will say on film he is um, he's much better in the Patriots like current system, the Patriots classic system where you know there's a lot of um, there's a lot put on the quarterback at the line of scrimmage. He's done a good job of that. I think that's where he came up short in training camp. He wasn't he was basically a rookie in this system, and it took him a long time. I think that's why the Patriots released him. Um, You know, so on film, he's doing a good job at that. I think that, yeah, he didn't do a good job in practice with the Patriots system. I think that's why they didn't go to him earlier, that he hadn't shown it on the practice field that, like, okay, yeah, we're going to go to this player because he's been really good in practice. He's outperformed Mac Jones in practice. I just don't think that was the case. Wow. Dave in a car. What's up, Dave? Hey guys, what's going on? Uh, I'm down 20 pounds on a wake of 180, Greg. There you go. Um, Beautiful. So, you know, uh, we've been talking about for months um, what the Patriots should do, what's the smartest thing to do, but I'm curious, like, gun to your head, what do you actually think happens with Belichick in 2024? Appreciate it. Great question. Gun to my head, I would say that Bill Belichick is coaching the commanders next year, mm. but I, that's just a guess. I don't have any inside knowledge. I like on that. it. Wow. Joe in Connecticut. What's up, Joe? Hey, what's going on guys? Always a fan of the big boy Tuesdays. Mm. Thanks Joe. Um, hey, I just wanted to say something. Everybody's so hot to trot on getting, well, you know, if we can't get one of the top two QBs, we'll get the next one. I just think it's really important. Whatever they draft tackle wide receiver quarterback, you got to hit on it, right? I'd rather see him draft a tackle and he plays for 10, 15 years then draft a quarterback, and in two years we're in the same position. You know how do you feel about that? Absolutely, I'm I'm more of a slave to the board that you know you grade it out, and you know whoever's there, whoever's the top guy. I mean, you know when the Patriots were going really well, and you know guys like just you know higher draft picks, especially they always hit on the first round picks to some extent. Whether it's Gerard Mayo or Nate Solder, who maybe wasn't the world's greatest left tackle, but he was a good left tackle, and I think you know that's what they need. They need to start you know, hitting at least, you know, clean doubles uh, with a lot of their picks, especially in the first three rounds, and and get the talent level and the depth back to where it needs to be. Mm. Phil and Bridgewater. Hey, boys, love this show. So my question to you guys is I saw on Sports Illustrated today, I believe it was Sports Illustrated, that uh, they're trying to draw a comparison between Bo Nix and uh, Jaden Daniels. One's 210, the other's 217 for poundage, but um, the LSU kids got two inches on them height-wise. And I really like quarterbacks around 6'3", 6'4". Also, I just like what LSU does with 
quarterbacks too. All right, thanks, Phil. Yeah, I'm not a huge Bo Nix guy. I think that, you know, when he was at Auburn, he sort of washed out of there and, and you know, had to go to Oregon. Uh, you know, Jaden Daniels, to me, and I, I don't know if this is true, I'm not big on the college football games, he seems younger um, to me. A lot more upside will grow into his body. He is definitely one of the more intriguing prospects, especially where it looks like the Patriots are going to be picking in this draft. <laughs> and he's a guy we're going to have to investigate and look a lot at. But uh, no question, an awful lot of talent there and and you know will be appealing probably to the patriots yeah i'm sorry i'm just gonna say real quick just to add to that i i if you put Jaden daniels on that oregon offense with that talent around him Mm -hmm. he'd be playing yeah this upcoming week you know i think bo nixon and lsu would have been bullocks at auburn i think the uh, the oregon talent was so good not saying he's a a bad guy he's like 40 but anyway but (laughs) (laughs) i think daniels is a, a a better quarterback and a better upside and a better modern-day NFL quarterback where they're kind of going with these guys now. All right, Mitch and Seekonk. Hey, how we doing, guys? Merry Christmas. What's up? Oh, Mitch. Go ahead, Mitch. How we doing, guys? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. No, it's Merry, Merry Christmas oh, to you, too. Yeah, I didn't drop them. Dave in Florida. Uh, this is, this is, uh, is kind of going a little bit left, but go ahead, Dave. Hey, how you doing? How you doing, guys? Good. Good. Yeah, uh, Greg, I uh, just uh, wanted to say great job this year with the takes on the Big Boy Tuesdays. Also, after watching that Ravens-Niners game, uh, this whole Purdy MVP crap, I'm just glad that's going to be uh, laid to rest. Uh, I really do agree with what you were saying about just partially with, with Jones, if he was on the Niners, that he could you know be effective. And also even seeing Darnold being effective. I know that the game was out of hand, but they have so many studs over there. But yet, against a good Ravens team, he couldn't handle the pass rush. Yeah, I mean, I just think that, you know, Mac Jones and, and you know, people might not like this as far as uh, I want more for a quarterback. And, you know, is is Mac Jones is a system quarterback. I mean, he is not going to elevate. But most of the quarterbacks in this league are system quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's very, you know, there's probably three or four or five quarterbacks in the league that, you know, can, you know, basically lift – uh, a subpar team and it's just few and far between and the Patriots don't have one of those guys. So what are you going to do? Mm. You know, just keep losing. No, I think you need to, you know, I'm a big believer in, you know, the way the Eagles have done things and I know it's not looking well or the lions or the 49ers, which is, you know, invest in the lines, win up front, worry about other things later, you know, bring up the talent as far as, you know, wide receivers and running backs and things like that. And, you know, and go from there. It's to me, it's gotta be the system uh, guys like Brady and Mahomes and Peyton Manning, they're few and far between. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, two people, two former players might be uh, old an apology. Brady, who said it was mediocre play going on. And a lot of people kind of got on him about that. Mm-hmm. And Cam Newton, he yeah. called out and said, he, you know, he, he called he, out he, certain quarterbacks yeah. and said, hey, they're not really, what do you say, game changers? Or? Right, and he said the same thing you just said. Mm-hmm. You know, he's saying not, being a game manager isn't a bad yeah, thing. But he was like, when he played, there was only two that weren't. It was Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, even though they were good, they're game managers. And they're not really guys that's going to elevate anybody else. And they both got dragged for that. And the more you watch, <laughs> the more you're like, yeah, they, they're probably right. Yeah. Well, Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal, thank you so much. Uh, phenomenal work, as, as usual. I will talk to you. What is it? Oh, New Year's Eve. Oh, you get all the holidays this year. Oh, my yeah. God. I just did the quick math. Unbelievable. 
Uh, when we get back, we're going to switch things up. We're going to be talking about the Celtics, the best team in the NBA today. We're going to do that. Felgren Maz, 985 The Sports Hub. There are some things employees love hearing. Congrats. Nice presentation. Enjoy your vacation, Jack. Hey, there's food in the kitchen. Here's something else they'll love. At Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare, a Point32 health company, we offer benefits that empower employees to live healthier lives. From virtual care to digital tools that encourage healthy living, we've designed our plans with innovative and inclusive benefits that meet the needs of every workforce, giving people what they truly value. It's how we take healthcare personally. 